Black Men Cry Too is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to share their truth and unpack their hurt. My name is Kat, aka Orencho Barbie, hashtag bright hair, dark liquor, and I created this space as an invitation for black men to feel empowered to know it's okay that they can cry too. Okay. Thank you for sitting down with me today, Jeff. Such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Let's take this shot. Cheers. Cheers. So let's jump into it. Tell yeah. me about your experiences with police brutality, whether it be personal or something that you witnessed with like friends or strangers. I remember being at a bus stop. There was another kid by the bus stop with me. I didn't know him, but you know, he's there, I noticed him. So the police pull up, mad random, started searching him and I thought I was next, I didn't get searched next, but me witnessing that, I might've been like 14 years old. That was like the first time I witnessed like stopping first. Okay. So it was like a, an experience that kind of like gave me like that feeling of, oh, I'm next. So you carry that with you no matter where you go. When you never see like police, it may not be like, you know, you involved in something, but it might just be a random, you know, cop pulling up on you. So that was like the first time. And how do you respond or how do you react when you see police in like public settings or you have to have an interaction with a police officer? Um, well, I say that your mind definitely code switch. You're kind of feeling like you have to be on point, you gotta be sharp with every answer, you gotta be like correct with everything you say. And there's no real correct way to say anything. Um, you kind of like have more consciousness of your body language. And you don't know if you're doing something that's out of line or if you're doing something that might intense the situation. So I don't think there's a right way to really go about it. Like you really have to like be able to just power through it however you gotta power through it. So yeah. That's a heavy like mindset to have like I don't know if what I can say or what I do if it's gonna set him off if I'm yeah. gonna be a next statistic. How do you deal and cope with that anxiety? Because it could happen at any point. Well I'll tell you, I did a photo shoot, um, I was in Brownsville and we were taking photos at night and a cop pulled up because the particular shoot I was doing at a samurai sword. So that's illegal in New York City. Oh wow. Um I think I don't know the correct um, measurements, but there's a point where if the blade is longer than a certain amount of length, then automatic jail time. Um, so at least you could get arrested or some shit. Okay. So I had a samurai sword. The shit was not concealed. I had it out, and somebody called the police. We don't know who called. So the cops pulled up, but they they approached us in a way where it wasn't them really tackling the issue with the sword. They asked us if we seen anybody with like a red hoodie or... So it was like an indirect comment for them to approach us. Right. So then they made mentions of the samurai sword, which was like, oh, what are you doing with this? I was like, yo, I'm just doing a photo shoot. It's a prop. It's not me like taking out playing with it. So he was just like, all right, just make sure that, you know, once you're done, put it away, be safe. So that particular issue, that was like one of those issues where I didn't know what the fuck was about to happen. And I'm with a model, so I don't know what the fuck about to happen to her. So it was just like a situation where, like, damn, am I, am I, am I about to get somebody arrested? Or was am I about to put somebody else? Yeah. I don't know if I'm about to put somebody else in danger over a decision that I chose to make. And if it would have went left, I would have felt so bad for the young lady that was with us. Luckily, it didn't, but 
that was just one of those situations where it worked out, but you don't know if it's going to work out like that every single time. And where so, was the location and what was the race of this the was, um, officer? This was, this was in East New York. Um, it was a white cop and it was just a bunch of black people just doing a photo shoot. But the other thing is like when people see you like, you know, hanging out and taking photos, they don't see it as, oh, they know a young black successful photographer just doing something that is, you know, his passion. They might just see it as, oh, what is this black man doing? Like, what's his business here? That looks suspicious, you know? So that's definitely like a stereotype Especially for myself, because look at my size, you know. People might take me as a threat. They might take it as like, all right, he might be doing something that's up to no good. And it's already like in their minds that, oh, because he probably is black or whatever. And maybe like the community doesn't have like a, a tight circle. So everybody doesn't really have a lot of communication. So it's just automatically assumed like, oh, you're doing something wrong because I might have saw a couple black kids the other day doing something wrong. The youngest I've been... In a situation like that, I might have been like four or five years old, um, shopping with my mother, going to a supermarket or something. So, like this particular supermarket, they have it where when you enter it, your bag that you're carrying, you have to give it to the person whoever's working there, and they give you a number. And then once you're finished shopping, they give you back the the, um, the bag that you had, and you just give give them back the number. So, I guess they don't trust people to shop and not steal or just shoplift like they don't trust people to you know be cautious of themselves they they kind of feel like people will steal it i think that when you're constantly thrown in a you know in a box where people just don't trust you it's like even if you go to like a, a clothing store you have like the shoplifting um laws it's like oh you'll be prosecuted this happens that happens it's like you're constantly like being thrown in a in a box or you're just constantly being labeled that has a, a permanent effect, especially for those people who don't challenge themselves to treat their trauma. And then it also creates this stigma for people who might have low self-esteem and don't know how to think of them themselves as highly. You might see yourself as, you know, a part of your community or I'm a criminal because that's what people tell you you are. So it kind of really fucks your head up, you know, like it really gives you the idea that you're not better than this, or even if you're not from that path, or you don't walk that that path, it still creates this idea like, damn, that's how people think of me. So you're always subconscious of when you walk into a room, what are they thinking? You know, it's it's a really crazy world we live in. So yeah, it's super important how you said um, people don't know how to deal with and cope with that trauma and unpack that trauma. How do you unpack that trauma and cope with that trauma from the way that you're perceived? Um, well, I've been very lucky to have people in my life that don't reflect what the outside world thinks of them. Um, my passion, which is photography, I'm constantly, you know, going to different events, covering events. I have a lot of friends who are creatives. And so, you know, when you surround yourself around people who are just like you, who are, you know, driven by passion, um, you don't allow those things to define you. You constantly define yourself based on the friendships that you build. Um, you define yourself based on, you know, things that you connect with, like music or just shows on TV or whatever. Like, you, you don't allow the outside world to create your mindset. Like, you try to build on things based on what you gravitate towards naturally. 
And I think even for reinforcement, it's like it comes from my parents. Like my parents didn't raise me to be no fucking criminal. So fuck y'all niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not about to tell me I'm this or that. Like, I'm not about my, to yeah, your side. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that um, this it's a race. Like all of this shit is a race. Like there has to be somebody in last place. Has to be somebody in first place. So it's like if that's the case, then how how you how you gonna tell me like I'm that nigga to be last? Like. I'm not taking that from you, you know what I'm saying? Like you you can tell me about myself, but then there's culture that will tell you who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like there's stories about who I am that comes from like, you know, from the beginning of the time when you talk about where we come from, whether you're from the West Indies or you're from Africa or whatever, like who who are you to tell me about me? Like my history says what what it says. You're not, you're, not, you're not about to tell me about me. Like that's just how I feel. So I think that Definitely my family structure, the people I choose to hang with, um, and just who I choose to surround myself with, and the things I surround myself with, whether it's books I read or music I listen to. So I, I guess that's how I treat it. Um, and I think that's on a on a lighter note. I think there's other things that if people are watching this, like if it's about talking to a friend or talking to a therapist, I think if it's something that really impacts you, you definitely need to find a way whether it's a professional or just something that's just something that can help an you, outlet. you know, like an outlet. So that's just my way of treating it. You mentioned before your parents didn't raise you to be a criminal. Mm -hmm. Diving a little bit deeper into that, what was the relationship with your father when you were growing up? Oh uh, man, like my pops, my pops was one of those pops that was like, you know, he used to pick me up from school when I was little and like we'd go to like a pizzeria. It used to be like a black owned pizzeria on my block. What? So just seeing stuff like that, like my pops supporting black owned businesses, that was very important for me to see when I was young. And um, it's also a thing where like especially getting picked up, like you come outside for dismissal and your pops come and pick you up. It's a thing where you notice like everybody doesn't have that luxury. Like everybody doesn't have the luxury of having a father figure within their household. Like I grew up in a two parent household. So my pops was always like a superhero to me, you know? I remember like going outside before going to school and my pops would take photos of me in like my first day back outfit or some shit. And we'll be dressed the same, like tie and all that. Oh, yeah. Like that was my pops. So my pops always had like this mentality of just, I guess like making sure like he was present in my life. And um, you know, it's, it's a funny thing because it's like growing up, I think that having a father figure in my life definitely helped me build the right relationships with people. Um, in terms of just like being stern and being sure of myself, because I think that's part of manhood. I think it's a thing where even if you don't have a definite uh, definition on that, I think one of the things is definitely, um, and I keep saying definitely, um, you got to know who you are. You got to know who you are, and you gotta at least know what you stand for. So I think that's one of the key elements that my father taught me growing up as a man. Um, and just figuring out this crazy world we live in, it's important that you know who you are, you gotta know your value. Um, now, on the flip side of that, having a father figure in your life doesn't mean that your life is perfect. It doesn't mean that you're gonna live the best life ever. Me and my father have definitely been in conflict um, I think back on things and I realize the older I've gotten, 
the more challenging it was for me to open up to him and talk to him about things. Um, and it's so crazy because communication is one of my biggest um, requirements, whether I'm in a relationship, is one of my biggest requirements if I'm doing business with somebody, it's one of my biggest requirements for a friendship, for everything. I, I definitely uh, value good com communication skills because it was one of the things that I struggled with, struggled with with my father. Um, I don't know why it happened the way it happened, but like my pops was just one of those people like, the OD guy, he just like started being more closed in. Like, well, I just started being more closed in. And I think it was a thing where it was challenging to have a young man in the house and maybe there were certain things that either created conflict, maybe it was the way I spoke to my parents that was challenging or how they speak to me that was challenging. But I, I think that there were moments where communication got lost and it created a lot of conflict. But it also became a thing for me to seek whenever I build relationships with other people. Because I saw the effect and I saw the impact that happens when you have a lack of communication. So it kind of like wrapped my mind around that being a necessity for whatever relationships that I do build in the future. So that's that. And what would you say is the status of your relationship with your father now? Oh man, my father, my father has like my sense of humor. I definitely got my sense of humor for my pops. Like it's so funny, my father would make a joke and I'd be like, yo, that's not funny. And then you're going to make the same joke tomorrow. Not even that, but it's like, I'm trying to hold it in. I'm trying to hold it in. <laughs> you don't want to give him that. No, I don't want to give him no energy. So it's like, nah. Well, that was me. But then I'll just start laughing. I can't help it, you know, because it's like, that's who my father is. My father is a big Joseph. So, you know, um, I would say the relationship as of right now is good. It's way better than it was maybe like 10 years ago. Um, definitely a better line of communication. But, um, you know, the thing is like, and as a young man, what I've, what I've definitely taken away from my relationship with my pops is that no man is perfect. You know, no man will ever be perfect. I don't care if you, are, you claim you're a man of God. No, no man walking this earth is a perfect man. And I never had to witness disrespect um, in terms of my, my pops disrespecting my mom. Like, of course, couples argue, but my father was always a provider. He was always attentive to the needs of the family. And um, even though me and him had I exchanged of words and definitely said hurtful things and, you know, definitely became a way of um, life where we wouldn't even talk and be in the same room. Um, that was a reality for me. Even though I went through those things, I can say that my pops is, you know, a great father regardless of whatever we've been through. I would never bash my father or hold things against him because I know that he was a big part of why I think the way I think and he's definitely had an impact on my life. So things are good now. I would definitely say that. Shout out to Pop. Yeah, shout out to my father. So how does the impact of your relationship with your parents impact the way you treat women or the way that you approach and handle relationships? If I'm talking with a girl and we get to a serious uh, situation, there's been definitely moments where I got to step back and go, yo, is this shit toxic? Is this shit, like, healthy for me right now? Am I, am I going through a situation with a girl and she's going to think, like, I'm ruining her life or vice versa? Like, I might feel like 
I'm not developing because you take on a lot of habits that your partner has when you're in a relationship. You take on the good things that they bring to the table. You bring you bring things as well, and then you take on the bad things they bring to the table. And the things that you bring to the table as well also carries over to her. So I got to be mindful of how I speak, how I talk, and the things I do because I don't ever want to create trauma for somebody else. I don't ever want to, you know, be in a position where somebody left a relationship worse than when they came in. I don't want to be the cause of that. And I think that as far as healthy relationships go, like, even though we do say communication is important, it's one of the hardest things to master because you live in a technology-based world and it's the smallest misconception can cause, you know, a rift in your relationship. So I think as far as, like, you know, growing up, um, I've definitely taken a lot of, you know, what I've been through with my pops and I just having, like, so much women in my family. It's like I would never want somebody to disrespect my sister. I would never want somebody to disrespect my cousin. Um, I would never want somebody to disrespect my mother. So I can't be that person out here, like, causing disrespect to somebody else. And I try not to, like, we all for sure, you know, disrespect to whoever is, like, teacher's own. Like, you never know what part you play in that. But um, I think for me, it's a thing where I try to at least do the right thing. So, yeah. Hashtags like do the right thing. Your mother, your father is your first line of communication. That's, like, the first relationship that you're going to build in this world. Like, since your inception, it's like, this is like the first personal group of people that I'm going to learn to love. I'm going to learn to communicate with. So when that shit is tainted, it definitely impacts you in a, in a way where you're not able to really like cope with the world and understand why certain things are the way they are. You're kind of like growing up on your own. So it creates a mentality that you're, you know, you're figuring things out for yourself. So you're moving too fast. You're becoming more independent. You're becoming more you know, sustainable on yourself to figure things out, and that could be kind of scary. So I think, you know, for me, myself, like to be this outgoing, even though I am an introvert, I can't be closed off. Me finding my passion and being able to like do photo shoots with people or any type of freelance gig, like utilizing the camera as my tool to talk to people, um, I've definitely found a balance between the things that I've experienced that are traumatizing, but then also relying on my passion as a means to gather whatever I need to just propel myself through this world. So I think that um, it's important that people do have some type of line of communication. If it's something that's bothering you, if people watch this, it's like whatever relations that you do have with your parents, definitely like shape that and mold that so it can be healthy so that you don't carry any trauma that would impact others. So We can break our own cycles. Exactly. Generational curses. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much, Jeff, for sitting down with me today. Uh, my pleasure. Give us something to for the people to walk away with. What are your last parting words to the people? Um, I would say that, you know, at the end of the day, we have to stick together. We have to move together. Um, I think the only way that this world will become a better place where things are less traumatizing or things are just less of, you know, stereotyping, racism, etc., is that we really have to work together as people and we have to really be able to trust people.
know, stress is something that's really lost in our generation. Loyalty is a thing that's really lost, and I think that we have to do better when it comes to building each other up. It's okay that, you know, on days where you're not 100%, you can rely on me to be there to help you throughout, you know, whatever you got to go through. So just using each other to bring unity and just use each other as a, as a means to just help one another, we need to do better with that. So I would say if you know anybody that needs help, definitely uh, challenge yourself to be more involved in that person's life. And just do better, make you a better person, you know, make you feel better at the end of the day. So, yeah. I would even piggyback off that and say, if you can't be that person for somebody, guide them in the right direction so they need, they know that they need to find somebody Absolutely. or find those resources yep. to help yep. themselves. So I think that is very powerful. Um, and then, of course, my favorite closeout. Give us three songs oh, man. that you use to express yourself. I'll, you know what? I don't have three songs, but I got three albums that I listen to. Can I okay. three albums? Yeah, let's All right. I listen to Dalit by Playboy Cardi. Okay. I, I love that album. It's just... It's, it's I haven't into that one. Um, I would say, as of recently, um, I would say Astro World by Travis Scott. Like, the Stargazer intro is inspired. I yeah. love that shit. And um, I would say the last album that I listened to on a regular, I would say definitely like Reason Without Jay-Z. Yeah. I always go back to that album. Like, Can I Live? Like, The Evils? Like, all that shit. I fuck with it. Yeah. Shout out to Jay. I guess. I'm a New Yorker. I thought I guess I should be <laughs> And what type of message are you trying to send to your peers as well as the youth? when it comes to your brand, your appearance, your creativity? Um, well, first and foremost, like I definitely pride myself on my ability to create and do creative things well. Um, I really don't care for people to, you know, um, think of me whether I'm, I'm a dope photographer or whatever the case is, like however you think of me. I just feel that when it comes to the to the content that I do create, I'm always looking to inspire, I'm always looking to um, challenge photographers, it's just anybody differently. It's almost like when I walk outside, I might see a wall, I might see a mural, or I might go to a gallery space, but just something that's like everyday scene. And I want to challenge how we can see that differently. I want to bring perspectives to the table. So I think that's my job whenever I'm out creating and I choose to shoot at a place that's public and is common. It's like, I just did a photo shoot, and the way you look at the photo now, you're going to go back to that same spot that you always pass, and it's like, damn, like, I'm looking at it different, because he did it this way, you know? So I think when it comes to my brand, I'm always challenging perspective. I'm always challenging how we see things, and I always want to, like, reinvent the wheel. So that's me. And I want to say that I... Thank you for that because since working with you, we've done a few shoots together. I've definitely will drive by and be like, yo, can you <laughs> and some location real yeah, quick? Like, I think you should do some work right I, here. I've actually had a lot of people like that I've shot previously, you know, when they do whatever they do throughout their daily day. They'll see something and they'll text me and be like, yo, we need to do something here. You know? So that's always dope because if I can challenge you to think differently, then I did my job. So, yeah. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at BlackmenCry2, T-O-O, and follow the hashtag to become a part of the conversation, hashtag BlackmenCry2, T-O-O. And we out, cheers.
Brace yourselves. Winter is coming. Man, am I the only one that missed Game of Thrones? But the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want to tell y'all as that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he ain't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy. He thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. But y'all know better. And if you don't know better, I'm here to teach you. Head over to manscaped.com and use the code BLACKMANCRY2 T-O-O to get 20% off and free shipping. Be sure to join the Manscaped movement. These products are Snow Joke. <laughs>